have to do a lot of different things to get in front of a lot more people than you really think you need to these days. Most people, when we talk about building their website, it's like, okay, well, what are you going to give away for free so that we'll come to your website, we'll give you our name and email, right? So you'll get us on your email list and then you can continue to market to us and hopefully sell us into something else later. That's what you usually do on a website, right? You have some kind of free gift, free ebook, free video series, whatever it is. Think of the different learning styles. So we need something you can read, something you can listen to, something you can watch because you'll get different types of business owners opting in for different things. And then I'm like, okay, well, we gotta think of different topics. I have different topics so that when people land there, they're bound to be in need of one of those things. There's just so many different ways that you can repurpose all your content. The point is just do it. That's the voice of Katrina Sawa, the Jumpstart Your Biz Coach. Katrina has helped thousands of entrepreneurs and salespeople to grow their businesses by sharing her insights for success. This conversation is chock full of ideas to establish relationships, gain clients, and increase sales. After listening to Katrina, you'll have a vast menu of concepts you can implement to grow your business. It'll be up to you to decide what to implement, and Katrina can even help you if you want. I know you'll enjoy getting to know this enthusiastic and genuine expert in sales and marketing, Katrina Sawa. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast today. This is Dan Cassetta, Changing Lives, Selling Knives. And I've got an awesome guest for you today. Her name is Katrina Sawa. And Katrina sold Cutco briefly in the late 1980s. She was a student at Sacramento State University in uh, California. And she is now known as the Jumpstart Your Biz Coach. She is an award-winning speaker. She is an international best-selling author with 10 books has had a great career that we're going to be able to talk about today. And she came highly recommended by one of our current Cutco sales professionals, Tara Michieli. And also, I can say that uh, Katrina and I have both spoken at the organization One Life Fully Lived at their conference. We both support that nonprofit. And so we have that connection as well. Katrina Sawa, thanks very much for making time for the podcast today. Of course, Dan. Anything for a fellow Cutco man? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Awesome. Well, I just want to start by asking you about this crazy year that we're in. And 2020 has been uh, 
truly a once in a lifetime experience for all of us in terms of the challenge and uncertainty. And I'm just wondering how you've been affected by the pandemic. Yeah. And hopefully we never have to go through this again. Like, exactly. It's crazy. I work from home anyways, so it wasn't a huge change. The biggest change was lack of travel. I do travel a lot to speak all over the country and in Canada and is how I get a lot of clients typically is speaking at events or networking at big conferences and doing exhibitor booths and things like that. And not doing that, it was like, okay, well, is this really going to work? I mean, I know I'm already online. I already run a couple online groups that meet on Zoom. But I just dove in with attending a lot more online calls. They're everywhere. You could literally attend a Zoom call for networking like 24-7 every day of the week. So there's no shortage of networking going on online. So I'm finding lots of pockets of people and organizations to tap into to speak, but also attend. And I'm finding just as many clients, if not more, opportunities being online. 100%. Yeah, isn't it interesting how there's stuff that we might not have ever thought about doing that we've suddenly been forced into doing and we've realized like, oh, why wasn't I doing this earlier? This is great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a lot of the like there's network marketing clients, for example. I mean, Cutco is similar to that in a way where you have you're selling a product and you got to showcase the product, right? So how do you showcase the product on a digital platform? Well, you got to get creative with home parties and video parties and happy hours and online Facebook event sales and things like that. I've got different clients doing some really creative things with this online time that we're home. I've also got organizers, professional organizers that go out on an everyday basis, organizing people's homes and closets and garages and all that stuff. And you can't do that during the pandemic. So they're doing virtual stuff and they're trying to do things differently. And frankly, a lot of them are upset because they're finally being forced to do the marketing that I'm telling them to do. Because <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've got no excuse now. They don't no excuse to go get a client. They have to sit home and do the marketing and their website stuff and all the stuff that they've been avoiding. <laughs> yeah. A lot of our veteran Cutco reps are used to selling through booths at like big fairs. Yep. And so all those fairs are gone basically for this year. And many of them have viewed this as a great opportunity to build relationships with their past clients and to do yeah. new marketing campaigns and things like that. That's yeah. kind of how a lot of the veteran Cutco reps are are weathering the storm. Yeah. You've got to keep doing your database marketing, your regular customer marketing, and you should never have stopped in the first place, right? But uh, And if you did stop, then a reconnection campaign is always good. I remember when, like it was years ago, uh, an older Cutco gal sent me some kind of postcard. I'd met her like years prior and she sent me another postcard. And it was, you know, I was like, oh, great. I can get my knife sharpened and I can buy a couple extra pieces. And it was brilliant. It was in the mail postcard, you've got to be doing direct mail, you guys, seriously. So every once in a while, I get something from her and keeps me on track. And, and I keep it in my desk because you never know where to find Cutco people anymore unless you know somebody. And because if you haven't sold it in a while, you don't know who's selling it. So you right. got to have, you got to stay in touch with your people. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Cool. Take us back to when you sold Cutco. What were some of your experiences? 
So it was probably the scariest thing I'd ever done. I'd been an ice cream scooper before at Thrifties. I was in retail at the mall. You know, it was like really my first year in college that I was doing kind of on the side. And it was so uncomfortable for me to go and do a presentation, you know, cutting the pennies and and the leather and all of that. I still recall. And (laughs) I mean... Oh, it was hard. It was hard because I was so nervous about talking about stuff and selling people. I felt like I had to sell them. That was way before any sales training that I ever had. It was my very first sales training, really. So it was it was the hardest thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I think that there I have some similarities in that when I was in my interview for Cutco and realized what it was. And we believe, by the way, for listeners, that we actually both started in the same year with Cutco, which is pretty interesting, yeah. and both in Northern California. And so anyway, when I was in my interview, I certainly looked at what was being presented to me and thought, I don't know if I can do that. Like It was very uncomfortable. But I drew confidence from the quality of the product. And I thought, you know, that's I, I could see how my mom would really like that and yeah. how you know other people like her would really like it. So... I drew some confidence from that and that's what enabled me to to be able to have the courage to actually take the job and do it. Right. Was that well at least this is really good stuff and I can just get it in people's hands and they're going to like it. So Yeah, and I'll tell you what, looking back on it, I'm a systems girl today and that's what I love to help people do to be more efficient, more productive, and sticking to the process was tough. It, you know, the presentation, it may have changed since I've been in it, but what I know to be true is that you've got to have a system. You've got to have a process for a sales process or a presentation process. You've got to be following a system in order to make sure you hit all the points. One thing I did learn though, was the first experience where I really was able to ask a lot more questions of other people and alter that presentation slightly depending on what they wanted. So I was more intuitive back then, even though I didn't realize I was being intuitive. I think that all came out. But it was the process that really made it easier because you just learn the process, you do the process, you get a certain amount of success. Yeah. You mentioned that you had this feeling of having to sell people when you first got started. And I know that those words sort of connotate a vibe or a feeling that's not that great that you know we don't really want to connotate, right, about sales. But now you're an expert salesperson, you train and teach salespeople. How did you overcome that feeling? Like, how did you develop a greater sense of what sales really is and how to excel at it? You know, the thing that uh, I think made me more comfortable with it was the fact that I got, there was rave reviews. Oh, we mm-hmm. love this. We, this is a favorite knives ever. This is the best thing on the planet. I can't believe what it's capable of doing. That kind of, when you start hearing those results is when, oh, okay, I'm really not, it's not about selling. But even today, I've got ladies in their 60s, in their 60s and 70s who are like, oh, I don't want to be selling. I can't sell like you, Katrina. It's like, I'm not selling. I'm sharing the benefits and the features of things that I do with people just like you do. And you're just, you have to be assertive though. You don't have to be salesy, but you have to be assertive in the sales process. That's how I talk about it now. Yeah. I love what you said about I'm sharing the benefits because mm-hmm. if we don't believe that there's some, you know real true benefits to what we're presenting to somebody, then we shouldn't be doing it, right? And right. so 
when any aspect of selling to be successful, we have to feel like there are those benefits. And when you describe the importance of being assertive, the reason why that's so key in my mind is because everybody in the world has this like natural tendency to like hesitate and procrastinate and have trouble making decisions, right? And a good salesperson is able to take them past that hesitation to where they feel comfortable saying yes, where they feel comfortable proceeding or acting, right? And that level of influence is critical in way more than just sales. It's, a, it's critical in all aspects of life. You have to be super passionate about what whatever it is you're doing. And if you're not, then you're doing the wrong thing, frankly. You're selling the wrong thing if you're not passionate, which is funny that I sold it at like age 18 or 19 because I wasn't really cooking that much then. And now I cook a lot. And especially in my 30s and 40s, I cooked a lot. I cook less now because my husband's so amazing and he cooks a lot. But <laughs> But as a cook... I mean, sharing knives is just like ridiculous. I can sell those all day long in my sleep because I'm, it's so handy to have certain things of it. But as an 18 or 19 year old, it's like who didn't really cook much, but talk ramen, you know, like <laughs> it's uh, maybe that was part of the lack of confidence a little bit because I wasn't using them like a norm, like the people I was trying to sell the 40 year olds, right? My friend's parents and all that yeah. who were trying to buy it. So yeah. Yeah. Well, it was cool for me to hear you talk about the rave reviews that you heard. Yeah. from people about Cutco. And I just think that's a good confidence booster. If anyone who's listening is a relatively new rep, you just hear over and over again from Cutco customers how much they love their stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a big confidence booster that the product that we represent is a vehicle to help us to achieve income right? and learn skills and all the things that uh, Cutco does forever. for people. I still use my Cutco knives today, right? So does my mom and uh, our friends that I, I sold them to however many years that was ago, 20, 30, 40, I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> A long time. <laughs> we'll, we'll just say 30 years ago, Katrina. Okay. We'll, st we'll stick with 30. <laughs> you referenced uh, you learned a lot about asking questions as you were doing your, your, you know, your early Cutco presentations. Uh, yeah. Can you unpack a little bit of that and how questions uh, are so important in the sales process? Questions are to the sales process. That's all I do these days. I don't want to even tell people when somebody comes to a call or, or an appointment and they're like, well, how much do you charge? I'm like, well, I don't know. What do you need? Like, tell me what your problem is. Tell me what your, what your challenges are. Tell me what your, this is. So it was Kako, You'd be like, well, what do you like to do in the kitchen? How much do you cook? Who cooks? What kinds of things do you cook? What kinds of things do you need? You know, it's not just about the, the knives, but there's so many other aspects. My husband loves a little boning knife and, you know, like all these other things that you can use for different reasons. You have to ask the questions because just going through a presentation like a robot is not going to help you make a sale. It's you've got to, and I did this with a roofing company client one time. And when I determined uh, what the problem was and why he wasn't selling that much, it was his wife in the office and he was out making sales. And he told me his process for sales was going through his little thing going, this is this and this is this and this is this and this is this and this is, this. and I'm like, oh my God, you would have bored me to tears. I'm like, I would have told you immediately to stop that process. When we changed his sales process, he like blew up. He blew up. So it's 
I mean, I don't know what Cutco does today as far as their, their sales process, but you also have to make it authentic to you. So it feels, so you can be passionate, really passionate about the process and the things that you're talking about. Right. Right. We certainly teach some rudimentary question asking for the new reps that they can use to sort of decipher what a customer wants. But of course, our most experienced reps are all going to be experts in what you just described that, you know, selling the customer what they want and finding yeah. out what that is through a series of questions that they can ask. And that's all something that any salesperson can design that process for whatever yeah. it is that they're selling, right? A series of key questions that you can ask that help you decipher what it is that the customer wants so you can tailor your offering to them. So. And another yeah. fun point is the adding in bonuses and discounts and special offers. And I probably got a lot of what I do, a lot of that ability back from Cutco. I'll bet you because, I mean, I did a lot of sales jobs, but there was huge incentive to, oh, well, buy this pack and you get this one for free or, you know, this, you know, like there's all, that is the fun part about sales. It's like, Ooh, but if you buy today, you get this thing and you get this thing, not like to be the cheesy guy out there that does the kind of selling. But when you honestly have a good deal and you honestly have a special offer, like it ends on Friday, you got to do it. You know, yeah. that's the fun part about sales is, is to make those incentives. Yeah. <laughs> People love to get a deal. Yeah, for sure. I love a deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice. Great, great lessons uh, from sales right there, Katrina. How has your career evolved since uh, those days selling Cutco? Tell us a little bit about your path. Well, boy, have I done a lot of training. Let me tell you, I've, uh, I have, well, I've been in advertising sales. So I used to sell newspaper way back before when it was still cool. Luckily, I got out before uh, the big bust. And that's when I found the love of working with small business owners in general. And uh, I was in my local area here in Northern California, and I would just go to lots of networking events. So, you know, whether you're a Cutco rep or something else, networking events are huge. I don't care what kind of business you have. You can, the more people you can talk to on a regular basis, the more people you can get in front of, the more potential referrals you've got or leads you've got or opportunities for just building more relationships. So I just networked like crazy, followed up like crazy and started building a business. And then I took it more online and it's evolved ever since. It's, you know, it's crazy how much you can do these days on the internet and, and I have clients all over the world. Yeah. What have been some of your most transformational experiences along the way? Oh, well, most of them, uh, the biggest one was probably, uh, when I got divorced from my starter husband, <laughs> uh, he, that was when I started my business. I started my own business when I was married in my first marriage. And, uh, I was just grow. I mean, you're like, oh my God, I can do this. I can do that. You listen to speakers and you go to workshops and you, I hired a mentor and my brain was just moving so big and it was getting so many possibilities. Right. But he was still working a job and he was over here just kind of a status quo and did it wasn't really interested in, in growing with me and with our mindsets or our mm -hmm. self-development or any of that stuff. So I was going here and he was staying here and it just wasn't a good fit anymore. So when I left, that was probably one of the hardest parts because I thought, okay, now I'm on my own. I really have to make this work. I totally believed I didn't have a plan B. So I was just, I believed that it would all work out no matter what I'm meant to do this business coaching. And I just had to keep going. And I found years where I was, couldn't pay the bills. I had a, um, a roller coaster of a love life after that, trying to find another guy who would be perfect fit. 
And that was probably the hardest part was the love side of my life because I realized when I wasn't happy in my love life, it was hard to really be motivated in my business and mm -hmm. to do the marketing thing. So that's a really big lesson I learned is to make sure I focused enough on my love life to find happiness and love and people who supported me so that it can fill my tank enough to go be the powerful, outgoing, marketing-oriented person that I needed to be. Mm, that's a great, great insight right there that I think people can ponder, right? <laughs> Is that uh, the importance of balancing both that personal side of things with all the goals and aspirations and things that we have. You know, we work with so many young people in Cutco, and I think there's a lot of them who are, you know, 20 or 25 years old that um, are, uh, are, are really into the sort of hustle and grind mentality. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe that's okay if you're 20 or 25. I'm not going to say it's not, but it's not okay forever, right? And uh, to be able to have both sides of that coin going well in your life is really important. Well, I would say two things to my 20-year-old self is don't settle. Don't settle for a relationship, a man, a job, or anything that's not complete, doesn't make me completely happy. And the second thing is to don't get, let my ego get away with it. Cause I did think I was, I knew everything back then. I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, maybe, maybe you didn't. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one, but I, I did let my ego get in the, into, in my maybe get in trouble actually and so uh when i started investing in mentors it was a hard lesson to learn to push the ego aside and learn and actually learn from someone who knows more than me and realize that there's people that knew more than me so if they're hustling but not listening and learning please stop and listen and learn to the people that are ahead of you because it will save you a lot of time and, and hard work in the long run yeah, that's a, a great insight. I think if I were to share advice for people who are in their 20s, particularly if they're in their early 20s, I would try to get them to ponder the idea that many of the things they believe at 20 years old, they are not going to believe at 30 or at 40 years old. And in yeah. fact, in some cases, they're going to believe the exact opposite of what they yeah. thought was right at age 20. And this applies to a lot of different areas of life. And it's important if you understand that, then, you know, you can have your beliefs and be strong about your beliefs, but you're also open to the possibility that you're wrong and your ego doesn't get in the way of preventing you from seeing those times where you are wrong and helping you to be able to evolve because all of us evolve and change over time, well, right? We do. So I'll that's tell you, I'm making a hell of a lot more money being humble and authentic than I was trying to be all that to everybody that I thought they needed me to be. Mm. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, that's a great point. Thank you for sharing that, uh, Katrina. I think people will appreciate hearing that and gaining the benefit of your own experience and your own insight right now. Tell us more about your business now and just uh, what you're doing. Well, I'm helping people start up their own businesses, revamp the ones they've got. Some people are either, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there, right? There's, okay, social media, which one? There's 14 different platforms, right? Do you do YouTube or Instagram or social media? Just the social media like questions alone could fill a seven-day workshop. 
on what to do, right? As a business owner, but you don't need to do it all. And frankly, a lot of that stuff doesn't work for a lot of business owners. So you got to be careful spending too much time over there. I'm all about like finding out what's going to work for each type of business. And I love working with so many different types of business owners. Uh, like I said, a roofing company, a spa, a coach, an author, a network marketing. I don't care. As long as they're motivated to make more money, build a better life for themselves and their family, number one, and be build a happier life for themselves, but also impact a lot more people in the process. So it's usually that twofold type of person. And some people are just working too hard. Like if you're hustling and sometimes it doesn't have to be that hard. You know, they talk about the four hour work week. Well, the four hour work week is a little unrealistic, frankly. However, there's lots of things you can do to automate, delegate, and systematize in a business where you don't have to do it all yourself. And if you think you're going to, then you might as well just go get a job now because it's going to be really hard to make a lot of money without killing yourself. So I'm a very practical, tactical type of business coach who, who looks at a lot of different things they're doing. Can you tell us a story of a small business or business owner that you got in touch with and worked with to kind of revamp how they were operating that, you know, turned it into a much greater success? Yeah. Well, one of my clients, Helen is a, she's a geriatric care manager. And if you don't know what that is, you definitely want to look into it because even if you're in, uh, yeah, all of us should be looking after what's going to happen when we have to take care of our parents. <laughs> and so she's the one you go to when you're in crisis, actually, and your parent falls and they have to, you know, go into a retirement community or a care unit or something like that. And it's a crisis move, right? They have to sell the house and, da -da -da, and the family has to step in. So she has, she spoke all over town. She would do anywhere from uh, 30 to 40 speeches a year, probably maybe a few more. And then when I got a hold of her, that we noticed that speaking was the number one fast path to cash for her. She would speak at a group for free and then drive them to a workshop that she would hold for free, where she would then have them uh, use her services to uh, place her, their parents and all that kind of stuff in the retirement community. But since, you know, we started working together, she went up to um, as much as 120 speaking gigs uh, a year. And she didn't used to be able to take a vacation. Now she takes two vacations a year. She's hired employees. Now she has other people that can do it for her. Granted, she still has turnover because that's unfortunately what happens when you have employees sometimes is you have some turnover. So that's always a pain in the butt. But we found ways for her to leverage her time as well by doing pre-care uh, plans. So instead of waiting till someone's in crisis to actually pre-do a plan for her. So now she's got a $2,500 package, which she didn't have before. And she was pretty resistant to doing that in the beginning. She's also been resistant to doing video, which I'm still trying to get her to do. <laughs> but people take baby steps and they do little by little. She's gotten a lot more automation in place and she's hired a lot more team. And when you really do that, you can leverage your time and have a better life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. You referenced that she provided more free services on the front end in order to be able to build relationships and get business. Is that a philosophy that a lot of small businesses can, can consider? Like, how could I be providing something free that can open up other doors? 
Well, depending on the business, most businesses though can do this and I highly recommend it. In fact, during COVID and all this, I'm suggesting a lot to a lot of my clients, they get more than just one free thing. So most people, when we talk about building their website, it's like, okay, well, what are you going to give away for free so that we'll come to your website? We'll give you our name and email, right? So you'll get us on your email list and then you can continue to market to us and hopefully sell us into something else later. That's what you usually do on a website right? You have some kind of free gift, free ebook, free video series, whatever it is. But during COVID with all my clients at home trying to develop different income streams, I'm like, okay, now we need like three or four different free gifts. We need a video series. We need a webinar. We need a free call series. We might need an ebook and think of the different learning styles. So we need something you can read, something you can listen to, something you can watch because you'll get different types of business owners opting in for different things. And then I'm like, okay, well, we got to think of different topics. For example, I have seven different free gifts on my website that you can actually see. There's other ones too, but the ones that you can see, there's one about maximizing your website, one about becoming an author, one about becoming a speaker, one to jumpstart your business in general, one to think about your life purpose. One, that, So I have hmm. different topics so that when people land there, they're bound to be in need of one of those things. Right. And they'll pick one. It doesn't mm. matter which one to me because they'll get on my list regardless. So if you can think of different freebies, you don't have to give away the story. You don't have to tell everything you know on this one freebie, but you have to, you do have to give something pretty meaty. Otherwise they're like, eh, this was okay, but I'm going to go unsubscribe now. Do you see? So you do have to give like really good stuff. And some people will go and get like, six or seven different free gifts. Okay, great. But then you know what? They've been watching my stuff and like six or seven years from the, the time they opt in, they'll come back and say, okay, Katrina, I'm ready to work with you now. And then they'll sign up for a $20,000 program. You know, So it's just, you have to do a lot of different things to get in front of a lot more people than you really think you need to these days. Because it is a huge numbers game, just like with Cutco. It's a numbers game. How many people can you get from... If you talk to a thousand new people every single month, how many of those are realistically going to get into a conversation with you, a sales conversation? Yeah, that was great. Just the whole idea that uh, we have to sort of cast a wide net in marketing. I like the idea of lots of different types of offers of free things. You said something there where you said they're bound to be in need of one of these things, right? You offer so many different angles that it gives people different opportunities to be able to click with something that you're offering them. That was really good. Yeah, and then, granted, it's a little bit easier for my type of business than, say, a Cutco wrap, right? I mean, like, what are you going to do? You can't give away free knives all day. Like, that's not going to happen. But some kind of free training. Like, I know a lot of people, if you've been in business with, with Cutco for this long, then you're a master at follow-up. You're a master at sales. You're a master at database marketing or relationship building. You teach that. You teach that to the people. And then you get them in the back door with your products. That's what you do. Yeah. There's a lot of angles that Cutco reps could take on what you exactly. just shared. And I, I know that some of our experienced reps will have their wheels turning on some of that <laughs> stuff. You, you also talked about you're trying to get this one client of yours, Helen, to be using video more. What are some of the ways that people can be using the medium of video more effectively? Oh my God, just get on it every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, depending on your business. You could, I could literally do a product review, a book review, 
I have a lot of authors, right? And author clients, but author friends. I could literally do a book review every day if I wanted to and give people kudos. I could say, hey, look at my friend. Oh, I have a book right here. I'll just show. Like this is some guy, Greg. Okay. Look at Greg's book. Oh my God. He's so amazing. You know, or I have a, you know, I can review a book every day, just like you could review a product every day from Cutco or a complimentary something or other. That's one idea. Another idea is to share a tactic or tip or something like that. Oh my gosh, this is how you work a Zoom room, you guys. When you're on a Zoom call, you want to have these pre-written blurbs so you can just copy paste send into the chat room so that people can, you know what I mean? That's just one tip. So I could do a whole video about that, for example, anything. And you could do a Q&A videos. You could say, hey, this is a question I get asked all the time is blankety blank. Here's what I usually tell people. Ah. And then you tell a video about the Q&A. Or you bring on, I just did a couple of these this week. In fact, I had clients do a dual Facebook live with me and I introduced them. I it called it, you know, meet Barbara Ingracia. She's an amazing copyright manager. She will tell you how to protect your content and make sure you don't get sued for the stuff that you use on your website too. And so I interviewed her and she said nice things about me. And there's so many different things you could do with video. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And where are you putting these out? Is it Facebook Live? What what other ways are you putting these out? Well, sometimes I do them on Zoom and then I put them on Facebook and then I'll put them on YouTube and then I'll put them in a blog post and then I might put them on a web page. So you got to put them everywhere. So mm-hmm. if I do them live on Facebook, then I'll download it and stick it up on my YouTube and then I'll put that in a blog post and I might share it in an email newsletter. I mean, there's just so many different ways that you can repurpose all your content. It's- yeah. And is there a magic length for videos that you no. think gets the most watches? No, it goes back and forth. But on Facebook Live, it's about 15 to 18 minutes, longer than some people think. But you have to start engaging people, right? Now, if you go on too long, you might lose them because they got somewhere to be. But there's that. I'm kind of long-winded anyways. And so I just do what I feel I need. And if they don't like it, they don't have to watch it. You know, <laughs> it's like this is one thing that's, like 85% of my clients do is they overthink. They overthink like how many pages do I have to put in an ebook? I'm like, I don't care. However many you write, then how long does the video have to be? I don't care. However long you can talk on this topic. <laughs> like, and just do it. The point is just do it. Stop overanalyzing and overthinking it. Just do it and then move on and post it and then go on to the next thing. And then don't watch it. If you don't like the way you look on video, then don't watch your videos. Do the video, <laughs> post it up, and move on to the next task. But too many people will overanalyze and, oh, I got to edit this. I'm out. No, you don't. I don't even care. Like I probably said, I'm 20 times already. Who cares? It doesn't matter. The point is that you relate to the people that, that are watching. Yeah, yeah. You made a great point there that most people overthink. And I can relate to that in that I, I really try to make the content I put out be like impeccable. When I, I, I always try to make sure all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted and every word is chosen carefully. And that's a barrier to putting out a greater quantity of yeah. uh, content. And that, uh, you know, if this is truly a numbers game, it's a quantity is, is important as well as quality. And you probably, and there's probably not that big of a compromise in quality if you're uh, taking that mentality of not overthinking so much and just putting it out, I'm sure that it would still be good for most people. And uh, that's something I can certainly learn from and can relate to. And you want to be careful too. Like sometimes when we're trying to be too perfect, then it tends to be a little boring. You've Mm. got to entertain. 
So videos especially have to be entertainment as well as their infotainment, right? Information and entertaining. You have to be both. You can't just give out. I'm going to give you really good content, but I'm not going to talk really excitedly because it'll, and then this is boring. You put me to sleep already. I'm moved on watching something else. I'm multitasking. Right. 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 (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. That was some great stuff. Great stuff, Katrina. How about, I want to ask you this. You've worked with so many uh, successful entrepreneurs and small business owners. What do you feel like are some of the key skills that are common among the most successful entrepreneurs? Marketing and sales. I mean, if you don't master those two, you might as well go back and get a job and hope your job isn't marketing and sales. <laughs> and so we go back to that sales conversation again. People say this to me all the time. I don't like to be salesy. I don't want to send them any emails. People are going to be annoyed with me if I do this, that, or the other thing. You know what? You have to get over it and you have to let that go. And you have to do what's going to work to what, what is proven to work to get the sales coming in, to get the clients. Right. And you don't have to do it in a, in a yucky salesy way, like the car salesman, that's typical, right? Or like you see, sometimes you go to events and it's just one sales pitch after another pitch with the, with the speakers sometimes. And they're just like, Oh, and wait, there's more. And here's my 14 slides of all the bonuses you're going to get. And it's like, <sighs> you know, gag me. Like that's just <laughs> not what we want to do. You don't have to be like that. You right. can be totally different and say, sometimes on my sales conversations, I call them sales conversations, but I wouldn't say that to necessarily a prospect. Hey, come to my sales conversation. I'm not going to say that. But when I'm teaching or something, then yeah, it's a sales conversation, but I'm still giving. I'm still giving information. I can't help myself. A really good salesperson, I think, can't help themselves. I have sales trainers though that will just clam up and they will just do their little process and ask their questions. Okay. Well, would you like to know? Like, and they'll just, they won't give you anything and it just doesn't feel warm. They scare the heck out of you. And so you'll want to buy their thing. And that's not my approach. You know, I scare people into like, what if happens? Like you have to do this sooner than later to get your business set up and to making money on a regular basis. Otherwise, what if, and the COVID is what if, Right? COVID right. is what if. It's my husband having cancer. That was what if. Like, because what if something happens in your household or your family or your business where you can't work for three months? You have to go take care of a loved one. I had to do that, you know? And the business better run with, without you. The marketing and the sales better run without you. Better have the systems in place. You better have the people that can help you get the numbers, get in front of the right numbers of people so the sales can keep coming in. Yeah. So sales and marketing systems being key. I just think about all the stuff that young people are learning selling Cutco that are so valuable for the future. And where you talked about people feeling comfortable with the sales and marketing side, to me, it's about adding value. If you're adding value to others in some way, you can feel very comfortable pursuing more and more different types of people and more and more numbers. And then of course, conviction. Conviction that what you're selling is worth it for other people to consider, right? Right. If you have that combination where you're adding value to others, you're teaching them something or you're sharing them something or you're brightening their day somehow, and you have conviction in what you're, you know, selling to them, what you'd like them to ultimately buy. That's a powerful piece to feeling that confidence about being aggressive with your sales and your marketing. 
assertive. Assertive sounds better for those people who don't like the word aggressive. I, <laughs> but you're right. <laughs> I know I had to change my language around that because I learned from Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy. Those are the tape cassettes that I grew up listening to in yep. the sales process, right? One thing I've learned over the years, though, is you want to sell the transformation your product or service provides, not the features and benefits. So right. like nowadays, I sell coaching, right? It's not that you get 12 calls with me for an hour and you get the recordings and you get the blah, blah, blah. That's the service delivery. The transformation is what happens once you start where you get the clarity and the understanding and the confidence, and then you start making more money and you're attracting all these people. So same thing with Cutco. It's when you sell the transformation, think about the time saving that it's going to take to cook a meal with really proper equipment and not having to worry about sharpening your knives and doing all this stuff. And you know what I mean? Like it's the transformation that you provide. Look at all the yummy meals you're going to make and how easy it's going to be. And you can throw all those crappy knives that you have in your kitchen and have this one little thing on your counter and it's going to be amazing. You sell the transformation. Yeah. Great, great point. That was an awesome insight right there as well. Katrina, how can people reach or follow you? Well, I am all over the internet. So if you're, I don't care what social media you're on, I'm there most likely. I don't think I'm on, I'm not on TikTok because what the heck is TikTok? Really? But I'm <laughs> on all the other ones. <laughs> so Katrina um, Sawa, S-A-W-A. Yeah, you can find me anywhere. I have a website. It has a ton of free stuff. I do live events. I have virtual calls, many of which are free, you guys. Seriously, take advantage if you're interested in free stuff and try me out. I'm all about that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Katrina, the podcast is about changing lives. And you know, as you look into your future, I'm interested to hear how do you aspire to change people's lives through your work or through your influence? Well, one thing I realized about a year and a half ago is I'm not reaching enough people as fast as I want to. I've been doing this business 18 years this year, and I feel like I still have only reached, I mean, it's been thousands, who knows, tens of thousands of people probably over the last 18 years, but that's still not enough. I wanted to reach a lot more people. I started this organization, International Entrepreneur Network, and I did it for $7 a month. Because if you can't afford $7 a month, you should go get a job. And it's where you can get questions and I mean, questions answered to anything business. I just want to help thousands of people from stopping in their tracks from doing the things that are going to move the needle forward in their business. I want them to not... because. Too many people get stuck on uh, which shopping carts that I use. Should I build my website on WordPress or GoDaddy? You know, like all these little questions will stop people in their tracks for like three to six weeks sometimes. It's like, oh my God, just come to a call. Let me analyze it real quick for you and I'll, poof, I'll give you the answer. And then you can move on to the next thing because you're slowing yourself down. So yeah. that's what it's for is just people who want to move faster that don't know what they don't know and need, need some advice. That's awesome. It's International Entrepreneurs Network. It, yeah, singular. International Entrepreneur Network. Entrepreneur Network. It's on Facebook. You don't have to sign up for it. It's on my website, but it's um, it's iEntrepreneurNetwork.com. Seven bucks a month. You can cancel any time. Trust me, you're not going to want to. For $84 a year, you can't even buy an hour of my time or any business coach I know for that. Yeah. Amount yeah. of money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I try, I'm trying to do as much as I can for as many people as I can for the most reasonable price that I can. I have high end clients. I'm good. 
I just want to make it more affordable for everybody to get the help they need. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's, it's great to hear that, Katrina. Just, just your encouragement today in this podcast, I'm sure, is going to help a lot of people to move the needle on what it is that they're trying to accomplish. And so I'm grateful to have been able to have you here and to have uh, shared this conversation with you. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Dan. All right. Awesome. That was Katrina Sawa. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. So many good things in there to help jumpstart your sales or building whatever business you are building. I love where she talked about sharing the benefits that sales is sharing the benefits and selling the transformation that you provide, right? Nobody cares about the features or specific pieces of the offering that you have that what is it going to provide me with in the long term, the transformation it will provide. So many good ideas. The reconnection campaign. If you haven't done that, you know, during this COVID period, that's one great way of uh, using some time that you might have that's extra. Uh, the importance of networking events as those open up in person, but right now they're available over Zoom to be able to connect with more people. Free services you can provide to get business. That's something that everybody could think about how they could do that using video was in there as well. And Katrina said, you know, most people overthink, just make sure you get in there and you're doing these things. And if you need help, uh, she could be a great resource to help you to get things started with growing the business that you have. Thanks very much, everyone, for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a few seconds here to rate and or review the podcast on your podcast player and Share it with someone you know who's in sales. Share it with someone you know who's building a business. Share it with someone you know who would enjoy hearing uh, some cool stories and gaining some personal growth. That's what I would love to have everybody do to support the work that we are doing here to provide some value for the world. Thanks very much. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives. 